everybody, it's Brittany here from the Roots and Wings podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to these. I just wanted to make sure that you were aware of the other cool things that my dad has been a part of. He is a children's singer-songwriter. He has lots of different CDs out there, and he travels around doing concerts for kids and families. If you are interested in learning more about that, feel free to check out his website at www.chiprichter.com or email me because I'm actually his booking agent. Email me at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y at chiprichter.com. Thanks so much. There's a party going on in the ladybug's living room. Living room Ladybugs, yeah This is Brittany Estep. And I'm Chip Richter. And you're listening to the Roots and Wings Podcast. A conversation about faith, family, and parenting. We're glad you're listening. remember we like just held each other and prayed and cried and somehow both of us heard you know at the end of that no like particular answer no you know this is what's going to happen to Riley it's going to be awesome or nothing like that it was just the word wait and so we um went back to the doctor and, and we put in that DNR because you know we just felt like there was three ways it could go either Jesus would take her home because, you know, we believe that Finley is home with Jesus and, you know, and having the best day right now. Mm. And um, so either Riley would go home too, or, um, and we just decided, you know, Jesus, if you're going to take her home, then we're going to trust you. Or she could come home with us someday, and we would definitely love that, you know, and we would trust you. Or she could come home with us and come home with a whole lot of, like, medical equipment, um, disabilities we didn't know what but we just decided whichever three ways it was gonna go we were gonna trust him so um, we were just gonna wait so we put that DNR in place and um, waited welcome back everyone to the roots and wings podcast this is episode four um, out of the five of the interview with Josh and Megan Osborne and um, well, not and with Riley, but all about Riley and their stories. So we're there's good stuff in this in this week's episode. Really inspiring and um, well, just just encouraging things. I think just how God continues to speak to us and what He speaks to us is true and a bigger picture than what we even can see. So um, yeah, um, we hope you guys have been um, following along this episode. We just want to remind you if you're just jumping in, this is a five part series. And so if you're just jumping in now, we want you to encourage you to go back, listen to part one and follow this through because there's a story here and we want you to, we want you to catch the story and, and be able to follow along too. So, all right. So let's, without further ado, all we'll right, jump, jump in, in to part four of this interview with Josh and Megan Osborne. Well, let's, let's move into the next phase of this, of your story. So here, you're at this point where the the medical staff, the medical team there is saying, giving you all of the honest, really hard facts and asking you to consider, you know, giving you the option really of whether you wanted to continue on with this. Um, 
in a very caring way, um, not not being not trying to persuade you in any way. I don't think, but just giving Definitely, you honest yeah. input. And the two of you, uh, obviously, you came back to the waiting room filled with people. You felt encouraged, held up, but you still had to have a moment together. Yeah. I'm sure where you had to talk and pray. Yeah. And can you talk about that moment and where you were a- a- answering that, that, that answering that oh. question? hotel room that in the NICU there I guess that because we kind of talked about it earlier but that's this is when it happens is okay. when we just we'll take us to that point it was just like super dark in the room because there's no windows it's yeah. like this little inside room of the hospital so, so it was probably that night then after it, everybody it was had that, left or that weekend I yeah. can't quite remember I think it was every single night <laughs> we just, yeah there's just like one time that really I think stood out to us because um, I think there was like a couple days there where they just were like, "Oh, Riley's still here. Riley's still here." Like she was surprising them that she was still here, and and then Doctor uh, Sledgehammer comes back <laughs> on call, and she was the one that just was like, "Hey, has anyone ever told you like you know you guys need to be aware of this, all these things?" You know, she was just always the one that told it to you really straight, and but like Josh said, in a really um, because she really cared you know Mm -hmm. she wanted you know she wanted us to be okay too and so she just um we felt like she was asking for some things to be put in writing you know like if we wanted to put a dnr in place and And do not resuscitate if riley if riley were to crash Mm -hmm. um to the point where they needed to actually resuscitate her like they had done with finley Mm -hmm. uh would we want that to happen i see so those were that's where we kind of felt like we were being like we needed to have like an answer, so we went back to that little room. They needed and, that from you guys. Yeah, they needed that information. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, and so, how did that? What happened then? What I did just you think we. I just remember it, the room was dark because you know it's that little hotel room on the in, inside with no windows, and we didn't turn the light on or anything because that's just how, like it. We just felt like it just mm. felt so dark. You know, you couldn't see anything, but I just remember we like just held each other and prayed and cried. And somehow both of us heard, you know, at the end of that, no like particular answer, no, you know, this is what's going to happen to Riley. It's going to be awesome or Mm -hmm. nothing like that. It was just the word wait. And so we um, went back to the doctor and, and we put in that DNR because, you know, we just felt like there was three ways it could go. Either Jesus would take her home because, you know, we believe that Finley is home with Jesus and, you know, and having the best day right now. Mm. And um, so either Riley would go home too or, um, and we just decided, you know, Jesus, if you're going to take her home, then we're going to trust you. Or she could come home with us someday and we would definitely love that, you know, and we right. would trust you. Or she could come home with us and come home with a whole lot of, like, medical equipment, um, disabilities. We didn't know what, but we just decided whichever three ways it was going to go, we were going to trust him. So um, we were just going to wait. So we put that DNR in place and um, waited yeah. for weeks. <laughs> Long time. Weeks. How many weeks was uh, Riley in the... She was in the care. NICU for 130 days. 130 Three different days. NICUs. Three she different took NICUs. us on a tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we started um, in in a local one uh, in Boardman, and then we went to uh, Akron. Uh, it was like a campus. branch of, yeah, Akron Children's in our hometown. Yep. Yeah. And from there, we went to the main, main campus, campus in Akron. 
And from there, we went to Cleveland because her eyes uh, weren't developing uh, correctly. And there was a lot of medical stuff that we had to try to learn on the fly um, that the doctors explained to us. Uh, but basically, she had been getting too much oxygen mm-hmm. through the vent, and then it caused her blood vessels in her eyes that are very small and delicate uh, to um, f- form kind of out of control. And so she had to go to get this. Um, well, they told us that she was going to have to go get uh, a pretty serious eye surgery. And, you know, it was funny because at the time we were um, just devastated that we were going to have to move again because we had just gotten to the Akron main campus. And this been, just, yeah, it goes back to Josh and I's <clears throat> like personalities. Like we are just like homebodies, like in control. And everything about this was out of control. We're being moved further and further away from home. We had like one little like backpack of clothes we just kept stuffing and, and, and racing off, you know. So we were just feeling and, and in the, very frazzled. And also, I just want to also interject <laughs> that in the in the flow oh, yes, of all this, this whole is, thing, Josh was coming to the end of a very long journey of yes. do, getting your doctorate in physical therapy and that you were going to you were preparing to take your state I mean this is how like we just keep going off on these little bunny trails but that's just another story of like how God's so good yeah I was supposed to take the boards uh, later July uh, in July but you know when we were scheduling our boards uh, Megan was so pregnant and um, I (laughs) was like well their due date is in July I don't want to be you know, distracted and, and overwhelmed. Trying to take these boards. <laughs> right. So I was like, can I, I applied to take them early and they let me take them early. And so then, the date was set to take them early and what happens? Well, he was supposed to take them. The, the new date was April and they were born April, April. 8th. Yeah, so. And so Josh studied in the NICU with beeping alarms. And, For a week or two. Yep. Yeah. Took the boards and passed with flying colors. <laughs> he did. So, Nailed it. So if, if, if they're... <laughs> <laughs> if it couldn't get any worse, right? I mean, in right. sense, right? But yet, yet, wow, God was in there. But this. what's yeah. cool about that is that so he passed his boards in April with flying colors, graduated in in May, right before Riley was transferred to Akron Children's Main Campus. And I am a, was a teacher, so um, I didn't finish out my school year I had enough time off and then it was into summer. So all of a sudden, Josh and I have a free schedule. So Mm -hmm. we were able, the two of us, which in the NICU, this is very rare. You know, it just like your heart hurts for for parents who have to travel hours to see their kids and sometimes Mm -hmm. not get to see them every day, you know, but we were able to go with Riley literally and we lived in her rooms with her and we were able to go to all three NICUs with her. Yeah. And um, that was huge. You what know? were some of the? What were some of the? It's 130 days, Josh. You mentioned this, the eye surgery, and I'd like to get back to that. But before that, there were some milestones that Riley had to reach along the way. Can you kind of go the through those a little bit? Cool yeah. Um, what was the very first thing that was the critical well, thing that needed to happen? Well, her lungs were a huge concern early on, and mm-hmm. then the brain became a huge concern, and then her kidneys shut down, and that mm-hmm. became the main concern for about a week. Okay. Um, because she wasn't uh, getting any fluid out, and so and she. This I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is just the timeline, and this this is all like within weeks of that crashing that night of crashing. So I think it's interesting. Go back to the doctor said and said, "Hey, Riley is still with us." They didn't expect Riley to 
to right, make to it survive. through the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And that's they were. That's like why they were asking you for the the DNR. Yeah, because they really didn't expect really her to right. survive, yeah. and they wanted. Right. They, they're thinking we're going to have to do something here. It's going to happen. We need to find out what her parents want us to do. Yeah. Yes. So you said no. We you said we were going to. We said don't take any heroic 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 actions, but we don't want you to remove any care that you're currently giving her either. Right. So, so we want everything gonna, to just continue to go forward. We're going to wait because that's what we felt like. Uh, that's what God we had spoken told. to your heart. Yeah. Wait. So <laughs> they continued to care for her, but, um, and, yeah. and they were surprised. Um, would you say that? The I doctors would. were surprised. Yeah. I would. It, well, initially, no. I mean, um, they were keeping her alive and they told us, you know, we can keep her alive for a long time. But um, there were so many things that were going wrong. Um, her her liver wasn't working, so she uh, had turned kind of this brown bronze color hmm. because toxins were building up in her body. Like I said, her her kidneys had shut down, and that was a, the primary concern because she wasn't able to get any waste out. Hmm. Um, she wasn't. They kept weighing her diapers, and they were little postage stamp diapers, and they <laughs> they didn't have. There was nothing um, in them sometimes, and so um, her kidneys weren't processing. Uh, anything, any urine out. So she was just blowing up like a balloon. I mean, she was really swollen and um, and kind of purplish, brownish, bronze. And then there was a hole in her heart. Her brain had bled. Her lungs had bled. And it just kind of felt like, well, can anything else go wrong? I feel like every system, mm. you know, is shutting down. And um, that was uh, when they let us hold her um, pretty shortly after that her, her all of a sudden she was getting really wet diapers hmm. and um, we this was the first time you got to hold her really well, I mean, yeah well they, we thought that that was a good thing um, they and then the doctors came to us and said well no this is the the end of kidney failure so oh. her her kidneys haven't been working and so they haven't been letting anything out well now they're failing completely and so everything's going out wow. and um, so the her ballooning had kind of gone down, which was a good thing. She was still very brown, bronze uh, color. And one of the doctors one night came and said, you haven't held her yet? Because she was on like the type of ventilator she was on. They didn't um, let people. Because it, it wiggled her body to like mm. keep her lungs open. And so she couldn't be like held, you know, mm. she had to be on she, that. And the doctor said, I've held her. You guys need to be able to hold her. You know, kind of. Wanted to give us Again, that chance. Preparing, you know? yeah, 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 right, yeah. Wow. And so we held her for the first time, which was uh, really amazing um, experience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that um, anyone felt super comfortable with uh, taking her out of that that little incubator that she was in mm-hmm. uh, the the isolate they called it. Um, and and but they all. Uh, wanted to give us that opportunity, and it was just a, a real blessing to see, you know, how much they cared and how much they, the the doctors and nurses and respiratory therapists, you know, all of them mm-hmm. working together to, to give us that. Yeah, it that took experience. like six people to like yeah. get her out right. of there, you know. And, I think yeah. there's a picture on the, uh, yeah, on the update page of yeah. that moment that, when yeah. you guys yeah. were holding her. Yeah. So, um, but then after that, uh, things started getting better really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on that ventilator that um, wiggle, wiggles her, and they had told us that if she were to ever need any sort of surgeries or anything like that, which is like very probable considering all the things that she was going through, that she would have to be transferred to 
the Akron Children's main campus, but they said, however, the type of ventilator she's on right now, she can't be transported on that. So if mm-hmm. we come to you and say she needs a surgery, like there's nothing we can do, you know, basically. So we kind of, you know, knew that at, at, in her back of our mind. And she was on that type of ventilator for about like five, four or five weeks. Yeah. But all that to say is a week, um, the one week they decided to try taking her off that ventilator and putting her on a different kind. And, uh, you know, it was every decision was like, oh, should we, should we not? Because she mm. like wasn't doing super great, but was doing better than the day before. And they just knew they had to keep trying. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they tried and she did really well on it. And, you know, that's, thank God. And that's part of, I think, his um, care for Riley because not uh, a couple of days later, she had to have an emergency um, brain procedure and so they told us you know she has to go to the the main campus and I thought they were telling us so there's nothing that we can do but I was kind of looked at them and they said no she's on the ventilator now that can be transported so So that that happened like days before she suddenly needed this surgery you know in the nick of time kind of thing so Riley was transferred then from your the local hospital where you live to the Akron Children's Hospital main campus. Yeah, she yeah. needed a shunt for, for the surgery, a, a temporary shunt placed. Mm-hmm. A temporary shunt, and that shunt was to drain um, excess spinal fluid that had been building up in her brain because the blood that had that that she had been bleeding um, in her brain had clotted, mm-hmm. and so it was preventing this spinal fluid that normally circulates through your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, had been preventing it from escaping. So it was building up in her brain and, and the ventricles in her brain, these little spaces in her brain, mm-hmm. um, which was um, preventing there being any room um, for the for good brain tissue to develop. Right. So that was considered an emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they needed surgery. to deal with that. She was right too away. little to get a shunt placed. So she okay. was she was like barely two pounds at that point. Okay. And uh, she, I think you have to be... F- five pounds or something like that to to get a shunt so they put in a temporary one where they would go in every day and um from this little port on her head they would draw the fluid off with a needle so Mm. that was risky because it's like a little hole in your head you know risk of infection was really great so i remember when the neurosurgeon put it in you know she said this is she has to have this but yet Again, these are all the things that are really, really dangerous about it. So you just were like, oh, okay. So you guys are, the the Riley traveling circus is now (laughs) moved to Akron Akron, Children's. And so that means you. And we were just getting comfy there. (laughs) We were there for about four four weeks, four or five weeks. And we were like, all right, we just were finding our groove, getting to know the nurses and you know, because it's just much bigger there and more right. people to learn. And, and we were just finding our groove when they were like, boom, got to go to Cleveland. Emergency eye, emergency eye, eye surgery. surgery has to happen today. And we were like, oh. So the so that's, you were there in Akron getting the brain procedure mm-hmm. to drain off fluid. And while she was there, that's when they said, there's this thing going on with her eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she needs this done. And we don't do it here. We have to do it in Cleveland. There's only one person in the world that would do the surgery that would be needed. And, and they have to be in Cleveland, mm-hmm. yeah. what, which is great. And it wasn't yeah. in like I San mean, Francisco yeah. right? or, or around the world. I, right? I, or, yeah. Yeah. I remember just feeling like, oh, my goodness. And a friend of mine said, isn't it awesome that there's all these um, amazing doctors and surgeons right in your backyard? And it, I was kind of like, 
yeah, I guess so. It it, it did change it. Because at first I was like, ah, but you know, it's right. true because people come from all over the world to see these people and here we yeah. are, you know. So yep. the plan was um, two doctors had, had looked at Riley's eyes and, and thought that one of her retinas was detaching. Mm. And so um, they said she needs to go right away. Which would mean she'd be blind in that eye. Right, yeah. Right. If your retina detaches, you can't see. Right. So um, <clears throat> we rushed her up uh, through this um, parade uh, that the Cleveland Cavaliers were having. Oh, winning. because the Cavaliers had yeah. won? Yeah, the finals. And they were year. having that the parade year. in Cleveland? And the Akron transport team said, please, is there any other day we could do this? It's going to be insane. And oh they said, the doctor said, no, she has to go today. And wow. so they rushed her in the middle of the parade. A million people or whatever it was. It was yeah, crazy. It was, it was crazy. Um, uh, but everyone everyone was great, and mm-hmm. uh, God was good. We got her up there, um, up to Cleveland, and then um, they they brought in the specialist. He was awesome. Um, he came in, and uh, he had his um, magnifying goggles goggles on, um, looking over Riley, and he looked in her one eye, and he said, "Well, this must be her good eye." And I said, "No, that's the one they're concerned about." And he did a double take and said, "Really?" And he looked back and he said, "No, this looks great. Everything looks good." Wow. So whatever, whatever and they two saw, different eye do- doctors, because they wanted to make sure before they sent her. Of course, two different doctors had looked, and whatever they had seen twenty four hours before was gone. Wow. Yeah. So that was really awesome. That yeah. was encouraging. We needed that because we were wow. feeling pretty. Well, beat I will down. say this as the person who was doing the <laughs> updates on the Riley's updates. Page tell, coming back to you and reporting, there were th- tens of thousands of people responding and praying, and it and, was amazing. And so, we, we knew knew that because people kept every time we'd go to a new place, they'd be like, "You'd have to kind of not recount your story because your chart goes with you." But they'd be like, "Man, like how are you still standing?" And you know, literally, we felt like we were standing because because of Jesus most of all, but um, just He like uses people. I mean, mm. like. You know, because you can say like, yeah, he's in it, but like you sure don't see him physically with your eyes. And so you see people, you know, right. and it's just was the people on that update page, people sending us cards, meals. I mean, we were just overwhelmed with support and it was amazing. Really? Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, we were learning in this journey, you know, about God's goodness. It was kind of like we like put it out there in that when we were in the those first couple of weeks, we kind of were like, okay, it doesn't seem like you're good, but we're choosing to believe that's who you say you are because, you know, that's who you say you are. We're going to believe that. And we, we kind of put that out there. And then he, you know, just over and over again showed us that that's who he was. Mm. And then, so we were learning that. And then also just learning, you know, like I said, Josh and I are kind of homebody people, but we were learning how important community is and how important family is and, um, that we need each other. And that has been something that has stuck with us, you know, ever since. I think community and people mean so much more to now, more to us now than ever because of Finley mm. and Riley and their story and how God's taught us through them about yeah. that. Well, then the doctor's looking, saying, I don't see anything wrong. And you guys are recognizing God did something really amazing, right. yeah. miraculous here. And he felt bad just turning around and sending us back to Akron because it was such an ordeal to get her there. She was right. still on a ventilator right. and all that. So he and said, you had to go through the parade. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you know, 
I think there's going to be another eye surgery that she's going to need down the road. And he said, I could do that. So why don't you just stay here for another week and I'll do that surgery next okay. week. And we said, okay. And this you know. was a less of, less of an emergency situation. Yeah, but it was more. just something. to wait until yeah. the timing was right, he yeah. said. Okay. And so he came back. Uh, a week later, and he said, "You know, it looks like her eyes are still growing. Can can you guys wait another week?" Mm-hmm. We said, "Okay, yeah, yeah." So we waited in Cleveland for five weeks before wow. he finally. Each week he kept coming and saying, "I think we can wait another week. I think we should wait another week. I think, yeah. you know, it the would longer be next he week. waited, the more chance of like fuller vision, you right. know, she'd right. have." And so you know, it was cool. Like God was. Continually, wait was our word, you know. So we were like all about that. So when you heard a doctor say, "I (laughs) think want to wait," you were like, "Okay, yeah, that's what God has told us to do." Wait, we waited there, and I'll never forget when he did do that surgery. You know, we kind of were like, "Well, we waited this long; like it must be time." And he comes, you know, waltzing into the waiting room to get us, and he said, "It went great. We nailed the timing perfectly," and that just. Stood out to us because I know he meant we because he kept congratulating on us on our willingness to be able to wait. But really, I just see the we as like Jesus was right there with him like, (laughs) yeah, we nailed the timing perfectly. And I've held on to that because, you know, two years later, we're still doing things for Riley's eyes. And Mm -hmm. it can be a little bit like, you know, and I just hold on to that 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 moment when I felt like he said we nailed the timing perfectly. don't think that's for naught. You know, right. what he started, he's going to be faithful to finish. So wow. we're still waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. Josh and Megan are just waiting. Um, it's a word the Lord spoke to them in the midst of a, a really difficult situation. They were looking for wisdom. They were crying out for insight. And, and you know, the, the answer they heard the Lord speak to their hearts was, well, just wait. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the answer they wanted, but it's the mm-hmm. answer they got, and that's what they did. So I don't know about you, Britt, but um, I know sometimes when I've really cried out to the Lord and wanted some wisdom, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm all ears, I'm listening, and God comes back to you with a one-word answer. <laughs> um, and it's the right answer. You know it is, deep in your mm-hmm. soul, you know, deep in, your, deep in the depths of who you are. You hear, you know it's right. And, and sometimes you want more, right? You want... God mm-hmm. to speak to you more. You want you want Him to show you Scripture and and all kinds of you know uh, great insight and, and and yet He comes to us and He just says, just wait, or, or just mm-hmm. love, or just trust, or just rest. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's powerful how God does that. Yeah, for us. I just love how in this picture though, like God asked them to wait, but it wasn't that God was saying wait and let me do nothing and just sit back and just wait. It was like, wait, because I'm doing something. Yeah, right. It's not like a wait with nothing behind it. And I think that's something that we can, I find encouraging in my life. You know, there's certain things that I have questions about or mm-hmm. I'm ten, I tend to move forward. And sometimes God says, wait, but it doesn't mean wait. Right. And nothing will happen. It's wait and trust because I'm doing something. So mm-hmm. just wait. We're, impa- um, we're, so we're impatient, aren't we? We're impatient sometimes. Yes, <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah, but and, um, and I think that that's uh, it's interesting. Well, we know the rest of the story, and so we're talking maybe a little bit about what we already know. Some of you listening don't know the rest of the story. Um, well, so it, we're asking you to wait till next week to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> to wait and come and tune in again for really 
part five, which is to be the last part of our interview yeah. with Josh and Megan Osborne. And I said, we know the rest of the story, but in truth, we really don't know the rest of the story because there's still more to come. Things that are yet unfolding before us with this family and with this little girl. And, um, you know, but the, but the real thing is to, 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 re, to re, be reminded of is that God is in control and that he loves us and things are going to be as they need to be because he is with That's us. Right. So, well, we hope you've been encouraged, inspired, um, challenged, stretched, um, moved by this story and by our podcast we want to uh, continue to connect with you wherever you are and in whatever situation you are in. And we want to encourage you in every way. So let us know what we can do to help you. Um, you can email us. You can email me, chip at chiprichter.com. And you can email Brittany, Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y at chiprichter.com. And you can also <laughs> connect with us on our website. It's the Roots and, or it's not the, it's rootsandwingspodcast.com. And also via Facebook, same thing, Roots and Wings Podcast on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you and, and uh, want to just encourage you. Anything else, Britt? Mm-hmm. Nope. That, yeah, thank you. I think you covered it, Dad. But other than we look forward to seeing you guys next week. And thanks for tuning in today. See you later. See you later. Sayonara. Hasta la vista. Ciao. Auf Wiedersehen.